all the way from our New Harvest San Pedro Church. Uh, please help me in welcoming Pastor Tim Price. Can you guys hear me okay? Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? So you get started to get a little up in age, you got to put these on sometime, as you can't see. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. But praise God, we've been having a good time at this uh, uh, conference so far. How many of you guys have been blessed? I know I was truly, truly blessed uh, by the message this morning that pa uh, Pastor Jose presented to us. Also, I was blessed yesterday just to hear uh, from Pastor Sergio um, yesterday. I was really, really blessed in that. Also, I was blessed uh, by Pastor Pete as well. But Pastor uh, Sergio said something that just really stood out to me, and it's been standing out to me, and um, sometimes I don't think we do this enough. He said that we need to take inventory of what's holding us back. Amen. Take inventory of what's holding us back. He also said that we need to be honest about what's holding us back. He also said that um, when can God inconvenience you? Can God inconvenience you? Because now we live in a day and age where everything we have has to be on the schedule. Can God inconvenience you? He also said that we need to allow God to uh, take out what's stopping us and place in what he wants us to have in our lives. The last thing he said was that we need to listen to God. Listen at what he says. So this morning, uh, Pastor Jose again did a great, great job this morning, which helps me to segue myself into this morning's topic that I have the privilege of uh, relaying to you guys this morning. And that is the topic of servanthood. Servanthood. So let me read something to you before I get going here. And I, I love to do this. And I sent this to our, our guys this morning. And um, also, you know, I always say good morning, guys. How you guys are doing? But I like to encourage them as the day goes on. So I put, I said, I hope all of this, I hope, um, it says all of us aspire to serve from time to time. Servanthood is the mindset of those who increasingly see themselves as extensions and channels for God's work in this world. Servanthood is a lifestyle of deliberate availability. Deliberate availability. It is less a list of things we do and more and more way of being for others. Romans chapter 6 verse 13, it says, give yourselves completely to God. Use your whole body as a tool to do what is right. In other words, a servant uses all their energy and talents for the benefit of God and others. Also, servant ministers to others regardless of their status in life. Regardless of your status in life, if you're saved and you're sanctified and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God has called you to be a servant, but not only to be a servant, but serve other 
folks. Remember Jesus said himself, he came to serve and not to be, he came to serve not to be served. Servanthood, when you think about this and you look at the book of Acts chapter 3 verse 19, it literally means, the meaning of it is to be renewed or, revi or revived or restored in spirit. So in order that to, for that to take place, repentance has to take place. A conversion has to take place. David wrote in Psalms 1970, he said, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. In the midst of the daily challenges David faced, David found his source of restoration. Where did he find his source of restoration? He found it in the Word of God. He found it in the Word of God. When you're going through a tough time, when you're going through situations that's out of your control, where do you look for encouragement? Who do you call? See, because the Bible says you can call on him any time that you need help. Any time that you need help. Guess what? God doesn't need an area code because he owns the whole world anyway. He created the world, so he doesn't need an area code. God doesn't communicate through satellites. We don't need that. We can go directly to him. Servanthood. So what's the difference between servant and servanthood? Let me read this to you. It says, servanthood is the state of being a servant. A servant is a person who is employed by another person in order to perform certain duties or is a person who is in some way serving the needs of others. Didn't Jesus come and serve the needs of others? Is that what he did? So we're servants as well. We come to serve the needs of others or to meet the needs of others. So if I can, what is the purpose of serving God? What does that mean to you? What is the purpose of serving God? The purpose is this, to make God real to you in your life, your everyday life. Is God real to you? You have to begin to make God real in your life. Let me give you two meanings of what this servanthood means. The dictionary means this. It says this. It says, one that serves others, yes, a public servant, okay, especially one that performs duties about the person or home of a master or a personal employer, servanthood. And then the Bible, the Bible meaning is this, it is to be a devoted and helpful follower. It's also being a, de being a devoted, helpful follower, one has to be humble because some things you don't want to do. Some things you don't like. Some things that you're asked to do may rub you the wrong way. But we've got to humble ourselves before God. Also says to be ready to act as God nudges and inspires us to help meet the needs of other people. And to remember that it's not about money or reward. Let me tell you something. Anytime you're challenged to do anything and it involves a dollar sign, we'll do it wholeheartedly, right? But what about if it's no dollar sign attached? What if there's no monetary 
number or anything attached, will you still do it? See, God's looking for willing vessels. He's, willing, he's looking for willing vessels that he can pour his spirit into. The spirit of servanthood is what makes you and I serve God acceptably, effectively, and passionately. Are you passionate about serving God, your service to God? Have you ever asked yourself, can I do more? Can I do more? Can I do more than what I'm doing right now? Oh, man, you know, I got this to do. I got that to do. My plate is full. Can you do more for God than you're doing right now? I know your plate is full. Your personal plate is full. But what about your plate and what you do for God? Can you do more? You know, I always tell my church this. When you think about it, you got 30 days in the calendar month. We come to church one Tuesday, a Sunday, Friday if we have stuff. So you're talking about maybe, let's say we come to church, uh, I don't know, let's say about 16 times a month, whatever it is, two hours a day. I mean, two hours each service per se. So I use that to tell them, you know what, if you look at the time spent in the house of God versus the time outside, the scales are way unbalanced. They're way unbalanced, so the scale's being unbalanced. Where's all your time going? Where do you spend your time? What do you spend your time doing? See, when Jesus' parents were looking for him, he said, didn't you know that I was about my what? My father's business. He was constantly about his father's business. Yes, I know we, have, we get busy and we have things in life, but the scales are unbalanced when you think about it. I know what I need. I need more of Jesus and less of me. More of Jesus and less of me. So I have to be careful that, you know, this song we used to sing, and it was an old song. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You guys remember that, right? I was glad every time the doors are open, I can't wait to get in the house of God. Can't wait. So every time there's a service, I'm there. Every time there's prayer, I'm there. Every time there's outreach, I'm there. Because why? My service belongs to God. I want to serve God wholeheartedly. And see, sometimes the world we live in now has a way of sucking your time. Sometimes the world we live in has a way of getting you off track. Sometimes the way of this world has a way of having you and I take out our little black book and not with numbers, but the black book of excuses. You know, um, I always find it, <laughs> I always find it kind of a, not even shocking, but I always find it amazing how um, people, uh, they're quick to tell their their, their, their employers, yes to everything. And when it comes to God, well, you know what? I can't go right now. Hold on. Wait. It's like we say yes here because there's something monetary involved 
and we say no over here when there's something spiritually involved and this involves and this involves eternal life and this involves uh, temporary things see I'd rather put my time and my effort in something that's going to be eternal than something that's going to be temporary When you serve God, you have to serve him or you should serve him. Why? Because you enjoy serving God. You enjoy serving the Lord. I don't know about you, but every time I sit and I think what he's done for me, man, I mean, I'm just, I'm just taken back. I'm just overjoyed. I'm just overjoyed, you know, um, when I sit and I'm able to share with people and tell people about what God's done in my life and where, I'm come, where I've come from. And they're sitting there like, you really huh yes only if you knew about the goodness of god well they'll never know unless you tell them they'll never know unless you express it and you can't express it like yeah god is good <laughs> you have to express it with joy with gladness with excitement yes, sir. because why would they want to serve a god that's boring why would they want to serve to a capacity where it's not exciting and not all the time will serve, being a servant be exciting. But at the same time, you're talking about a person or individual that doesn't know anything about how to serve God. We live in a world where people want to serve God on their terms. We live in a world where people want to serve God on their time. We live, on, we live in a world where people want to check their calendars, calendars to see if they can serve God on that day. We live in a world where people want to serve God however they want to serve God. Not the right way, but the way they want to serve God. See, the heart of a servant is one of compassion. Are you compassionate when you serve God? See, when you're compassionate about something, you know what? You go all out. You go all out and you don't hold back anything. There's no reserves. But you're compassionate about something. Think about this. What are you compassionate about right now? Compassion. Feeling or showing sympathy and concern for others. Are you concerned about the lost? Are you concerned about those who don't know Christ? Do you have that passion? Do you have that heart that you're willing to go out of your way? to be willing to go out of our way people sometimes your schedule is not gonna go along with God's schedule sometimes he's gonna shake up your schedule are you willing to do that you know there was a young man that I've been talking to I talked to him twice there in San Pedro he's uh, about 35 years old and uh, he uh, he's homeless so I'm sitting there I'm talking to him you know and I had somewhere to go but somewhere, some say, you know what? Sit down, talk with this young man. Man, if I talk to him, I'm going to be laid up. That all went out the window because there was a soul that needed to hear the gospel. That was a soul that needed to be reached. So I sit down and I start talking with this young man and he starts telling me about how long he's been out here and 
I said, hey, is there anything you need prayer for? Is there anything that I can help you with? He began to say, yes, pray for me to have, get a home. Pray for me to, pray for my family. But besides all of that, I said, okay, that's fine and dandy, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Then I began to pray for everything else after. Because how many know salvation is before everything else? The salvation of his soul was more important than everything else. Yeah, I wanted to get him saved first, and then we can put the icing on the cake. Inconvenience. I spent time there, and I'm like, man, I'm going to miss this, this, and this, and this, and that. But that wasn't important at that time. That was a soul that needed to hear the gospel. See, when we serve God, we need to be attentive. We need to be attentive. We need to be alert. And we need to look at the needs of others. That means we're stepping outside of ourselves and keeping, taking our eyes off ourselves and we're putting them on someone else's needs. We need to pay close attention to that. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34. And this is the scripture that came in my mind when I was there speaking to this young man. And here we see in verse number 34, it says, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Verse 36, I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Verse 37, then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed? When you just kept going? When I said, hey, do you have a dollar spare change for something to eat? Here's the questions. When? When? When you just walked by. Here's the questions. Let me keep going here. When did we see you? When did we, uh, verse 37 here, then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Verse 39. Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, is as much as you did to the one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Your service should be unto the Lord, meeting the needs of others, seeing the needs and meeting the needs of others, those needs that couldn't be met unless one of God's servants went to meet that need. Goes beyond. We're able, they're unable. We have hope, they're in a hopeless situation. We can bring hope, we can bring encouragement. We can let them know that there's a better way and that way is in Jesus Christ. See, we see people like this all the time. And sometimes we just want to walk by them. But 
Think about it. Stop. Ask them. Start to conversate with them. Start to begin to find out how they got in the situation they, they're in. See, he said, go out and do what? Make disciples of all nations. Yeah, they may be homeless, but make disciples. It's still a soul. That soul still can be one to Christ. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter their status. Doesn't matter where they are in life. You know what? We once weren't in that position, but we're in a position where we were hopeless. We were in a situation where we didn't have any direction. We were in a state or a situation where our money was funny and our change was strange. We were in a situation like that. But you know what? God sent someone along. God sent someone to you. God sent someone to me to what? Meet our needs. Step outside of themselves to meet the need that you had and that I had. Philippians 4, 2 says this, let each one of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interests of others. Didn't Jesus look out for you? Didn't Jesus look out for me? He looked out for you. He looked out for me. So we are to look out for the needs of others. I know that's not popular today. But as servants of God, this is what we are to do. Look out for the needs of others. When we look out for the needs of others, we become selfless. We become selfless. When we look out for the needs of others, we become generous, more generous. The second verse there in uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. Christ saw your need. Christ saw my need. And guess what? He met our needs. He met us right where we are. He picked us up. He cleaned us up. He placed our feet upon a solid ground. Amen. Now we can stand. See, we need to share this same hope with those that are in a hopeless situation. See, he was willing to risk his life for the sake, not for his sake, but for our sake. He was willing to risk his life. He was willing to give his life. And see, you know what? I can relate to what, he, what, what, what that is, risk, willing to risk your life. I didn't tell you this part, but I was sitting there with this young man, and a guy walked in, the 7-Eleven, and, you know, I'm, at this time, you know, I'm sitting down, I'm standing up, and I'm sitting down on the ground with this young man. The guy walks by, goes into 7-Eleven, mimics something, goes to his car, goes back inside the 7-Eleven, and this time he comes out this next time. And uh, he says something again. And I politely said, excuse me? And the guy rudely says, I'm talking to him. I said, okay. So as him and his partner backs out, getting ready to leave, 
The guy rolls down his window, and he, and he not points a gun at me, but he shows me a gun. I'm like, I said, God bless you too. But see, I wasn't afraid of that. That didn't detour me from doing what I was still doing. That didn't make my heart beat pump anymore. See, think about it. When Jesus gave his life, he was willing to risk his life. Sometimes things will be risky. See, I wasn't afraid of that. But I know what it's like to be in that situation. Are you that type of servant? See, if everything goes smooth, good. But when there's things that go wrong or things that can endanger your life, when you lose your life for Christ's sake, you'll find it. So we must have the mindset of Christ. We, we need to be devoted to the work of God, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. We have to have that compassion for others. And that compassion needs to be one that's pure, it needs to be with pure motives without expecting anything in return. See, the heart of a servant is willing to work with others. Willing to work with others. Meaning that you value their gifts. You value what they bring to the table. May not be much, but you value just that little bit that they do have. So you meet those, those individuals right where they are. Didn't Christ meet you right where you were? Right? He didn't say, go and get it together and then come back and see me. He says, come as you are. And we came as we were. We came in the shape that we were. He met us right where we were. Someone said, individual servants make up the body of Christ. Therefore, each member is valuable. Each member is valuable. What you know, your talents, your knowledge, your skills, you're valuable. They can be used in the kingdom of God for his honor and his glory. You know, when I got saved years ago, all I wanted to do was come in church and sit down. That's all I wanted to do. I didn't want to do anything else. And they said, oh, that's fine, that's good. But hey, you know what, how about you being involved with the kids' ministry? I don't even have kids at this time. I said, man, really? Hmm, I, I don't know. No, 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 you'll do a fine, you'll do a good job in it. I said, really? What they were telling me is that they believed in me. They believed in me. Because obviously they had heard my testimony, it would be a great man for the job. So I began to do that. Had I ever taught kids before? Not in, not in a class setting, no. But it was the heart that was willing to step in and serve God. So I began to do that. And they said, hey, you know what? Really, what you need to do is you need to come in and be a pillar in the church. I said, okay, I can do that. That don't involve too much. 
But then they said, hey, you know what? Now what we want to do is we want to put you in the front line. We want you to lead us in worship. I'm like, wait a minute. Now you're going too far. Now you're going too far. Then they begin to say, hey, you know what? Now, you know what? We're putting together this rap group. We want you to rap. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. You got time out. Time out. Then they said, you know, we want you to be over our youth group. I'm like, I'm trying to go backwards and get out of the limelight. Here you come pushing me up, pushing me forward. But I was willing. I had the servant art and the servant attitude to say, you know what? Whatever it takes, I'm willing to step in and do it. Whatever it takes. A servant is willing to do whatever it takes. And I believe all along those journeys that God was preparing me for where I am now. I truly believe that. 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 12 is talking about a servant. It, will look, it, it looks differently for each and every one of us. We know throughout the Bible that there's a, a number of individuals with different talents, different skill levels, different gifts. And those gifts are important. And God wants to use the gift and the talent that you have. One thing about a servant is they're willing to be sacrificial or they're willing to sacrifice. You as a servant, are you willing to sacrifice your time? Are you willing to sacrifice your finances? Are you willing to sacrifice your plans for say? Are you willing? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, here we see the Macedonian church. They were noted for a few things. They were noted for their joyful generosity and their willingness to sacrifice. They were willing to sacrifice. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse We'll go to chapter, uh, verse number 2 here, 8, verse 2. It says, that is a great trial of affliction. The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Verse 3, for, the, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. Freely willing. Are you freely willing? Are you willing to give of yourself until it hurts? Are you willing to go above and beyond? Are you willing to inconvenience at times for the sake of a soul? Are you willing? This is the heart of a servant. This is what servants do. What about Epaphroditus, Philippians chapter 2, verse 29. He said this, Paul told this to the Philippians. He says, so receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to compete, complete what was lacking in your service to me. He almost risked his life, but he was willing to risk his life for the sake of Christ. See, I want you to notice that in this, there was 
not a paycheck coming with that. It didn't require an age in this case, but all it required was a willing heart to serve God. A willing heart to serve God. That's all it required. See, that's what God expects or wants from you and I. See, David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. God, what you lack and your imperfections, guess what? God is the author and the perspector of our faith. That's who you rely on. That's who you call upon. That's who you count upon. God, I don't know how to do this, but you know what? I'm trusting and believing you. I'm willing, but you know what? You got to help me through because when, I, when we started this rap group that we used to have years ago, all I wanted to do is just, you know what? Let me do your hooks. But no, they said, you got to start writing songs. I'm like, really? So we began to do that. So every single time, instead of me saying no, like I hear so many people say today in a heartbeat, I said, sure, even though I didn't fully understand it. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I'll go. Yes, I'm willing. God is looking for willing hearts, willing people. Are you willing to sacrifice? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says this. Looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Set down. You look beyond your faults. You look beyond my faults. You look beyond our imperfections. You know what? He took you and I, picked us up, cleaned us up, and said, you know what? I can use you. I can use you if you're willing. See, sometimes sacrifices hurt. Sometimes sacrifices will inconvenience you. But for the sake of Christ, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. So who's the perfect example of servanthood than Jesus? He's the perfect example. Turn your Bibles with me to John chapter 13. He's a perfect example. Of servanthood. John chapter 13. Say amen when you get there. Technology is great. You guys got it? All right.
All right. So here we see Jesus being the humble servant that he is. Remember he said he came to serve and not be served. Here we see him here. He began to, in verse 7, let's start in verse 5. It says, after he poured water into a basin, okay, and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? See, Jesus just wanted to serve. And Jesus answered and said to him, what, am I, what I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Sometimes we don't understand what Jesus is doing. Verse 8 here, Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. You always got one to say, no, no, not me, man. I, got, I don't want you to see my feet. I haven't got my, my, my pedicure yet. Is that what it's called, pedicure? I haven't got that yet. Peter says, you'll never wash my feet. And then Jesus tells him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, he who is bathed needs not to be washed, not to, not to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not at all, not all of you. Verse 11, it says, for he knew who would betray him. There he said, you are not all clean. This is why he's saying this, okay? He's laying a picture out for you. So when, so when he had washed their feet, had taken their garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for I, also, for I am also. If then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I'm not saying we're getting ready to wash each other's feet, but I'm just trying to let you see how Jesus himself, he modeled a servant. He modeled servanthood. He modeled it. He didn't just talk about it, but he modeled it himself. He didn't just tell you, hey, go wash that man's feet because his feet needs washing. He modeled it himself. Gave you something to look to. He gave me something to look to. He gave us something that we need to be doing. See, he only, he came and he dwelled amongst them. He was right where they were. He became a steward when he obeyed God's will. And he was a servant when he washed the feet of his disciples. And then his supreme act of servanthood came when he died on the cross and he gave his life for ransom. And he gave his life for ransom. And you know what? He gave it all for you and for me. He gave it all. As I wind this down today, let me leave you with three quotes that I really thought were inspiring. The first quote, it says, your leadership is never about you. 
Leadership is always about the next generation. How can I leave them better off to bring revival to our next generation? How? I can tell you how. Be a servant that inspires the next generation now. That inspires them now, not only through your words, but through your actions, by what you do, how you live. The next one is this. The more you manifest a servant's heart in all you do, the more of an impact you'll have on people's lives. You gotta realize it's not about you, but it's about helping people move forward in Christ. It's about helping our next generation move forward in Christ. It's about helping our next generation grab a hold of the baton and continue to move forward in Christ. And at the end, when everything is done, when you've done all you can do, this is what you and I want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. As we bow our heads this morning, just for a brief moment, when it's all said and done, this is what you and I want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. Being a servant, you have to serve with a pure heart. You need to be a servant that gives 100 percent when you serve for God, serve God. So you have to begin to be able to know that it's not about you, but it's about meeting the needs of others. See, I want you to think with me for a moment. Every need that you had and every need that you have right now and the needs that you're going to continue to have, guess what? Christ says he'll meet those needs says he wants to meet those needs. He says he will. He says he'll meet those needs. You know what? As long as we're, we have the mindset and the heart of a servant, I believe that there's nothing that God won't do for you. I believe every single need that you have, he knows it already before you ask or think. And he's standing ready and willing to meet that need. My question to you today is do you have a heart that's willing to be a sacrificial servant today to help push the kingdom forward? Is that you today? I'll tell you one thing. Sometime we need to be reminded of all that Christ has done for us. Sometime we need a self-check sometime. In the title of this conference, man, refresh. I believe we need to be refreshed sometime. We need to be reminded. We need not to forget all that he's done for you and for, and for me. Servanthood. I think it's most one of the most important things when you get saved is not to just sit down, but get in, roll up your sleeves, and become a servant 
in and out of the house of God. Allow God to use you for his honor and his glory. As we stand to our feet today, just for a quick moment, just for a quick moment, heads bowed, eyes closed today. I just want to pray this morning if that's okay. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. And today, the title of our conference is Refresh. And I believe today that God wants to refresh things and areas in your life right now. I believe he wants to give you a new lease on. Maybe it's your ministry. Maybe it's your marriage. Just maybe there's things that you, have, you need God to refresh. I believe that this morning. And if you allow God in, I believe that he'll do what needs to be done in the areas where we have probably neglected. Those areas that we have not really been paying too much attention to, I believe now and today is the time to allow God to refresh, to give you a new outlook. I believe it's the time to let God rekindle or stir up the gifts that you have inside right now. He wants to use those gifts right now. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed today,